Welcome to Chick Chat with Unapologetically Karen, the podcast for women by women. I'm Karen Webb, architect, author, entrepreneur, creative junkie, and your host. Chick Chat is your resource for building your big, bold, and beautiful feminine life. So join me for some eye-opening and jaw-dropping dialogue that has people talking. Everyone, welcome back to Chick Chat. Today, I have Afton Porter, award-winning fashion stylist and image expert dedicated to empowering professional women. Her mission is very clear, to help women not only look the part, but radiate confidence, leaving an indelible mark on their professional journey. As a seasoned expert, Afton imparts invaluable lessons on dressing for success and presenting oneself with impact. So nice to have you, Afton. How are you? Hi, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited because I met you ages ago, it seems like now. Well, probably about four years ago, maybe, um, at the Phoenix Fashion Show. And uh, so tell me a little bit how being a fashion designer, kind of what led you to start with that. Let's start with that. Okay. Well, it feels like so long ago because it was pre-COVID. Totally yes. different <laughs> different world going on there. So true. Um, so I have a fashion merchandising degree. I've always been in the fashion world. Love it. It just runs through my body. And I decided to work with Phoenix Fashion Week to help with their runway shows and styling for them. Oh, great. Okay. Yes. And that was the year they were doing, like they had influencers to team up with stylists. And that's how I got involved because I'm not in the fashion design, but that's how that occurred. So what led you, first of all, let's just talk about what it's like to have started your business in fashion design, what, you know, um, obstacles you felt there were, or what was, you know, how did that go? I started my image consultancy when I was 40 something. (laughs) Did you first just do, well, my question is, did you do consulting right away or just the design business and then eventually led to consulting? Which, how was it? Okay. So I don't have a fashion design. I mentor fashion designers through the Phoenix Fashion Week designer bootcamp. So I work really closely with all things fashion. So fashion designers, I help them with their fashion businesses with Brian Heal. And yes, when you were an influencer for our spring trend show, that's where we had met. And I was very heavy with the designer program there with coaching the designers. Mm-hmm. And I've since then gone into mostly um, lead styling for the fashion shows, but I still am very hands-on. Brian's asked me to come back and still help out with the boot camps when I can. My schedule doesn't always allow it, but I just have a heart helping those emerging designers. So I absolutely love working with them and emerging talent too. I mentor other fashion stylists and been involved with the models with their fashion shows. So it's I just thrive helping. That's great. These, yeah. These and people. 
So when you are helping them, so that that is the role that you really do. I, I do recall that. And then now I'm seeing all of this um, stylist help for clients. When you are working with the emerging talent, what do you think is the hardest part of their business for them? Where do they struggle most? Believing that it's possible. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's where a lot of coaching that they need. They have an idea, but they think, is this even going to go anywhere? What if I put all this work into it and it doesn't work out? Maybe I'll just quit before I even get started. So it's helping them to keep going. Right. So it's that, I'm sure they feel some of that like imposter syndrome where they're like, am I really? And is anyone going to take me seriously? So I know we get in our own way sometimes with that. Um, absolutely. Uh, have you worked with any that, you know, you just felt were, were definitely on their way? Yeah, we work with, a inside the program, we've worked with a wide range of designers from those who just have idea and it's not, it's not in a concept yet. And others who are, you know, Italian shoes with vegan leather, like so much different ranges of talent that comes through there. I started my image consultancy, though, just kind of to answer that question before I was involved with Phoenix Fashion Week. Oh, okay. See, I you were wondering. I thought it was, yes, I thought it was the other way around. So that's interesting. Yeah. So tell me a little bit, um, what are the clients like that come to you? And what is it that they're looking for? Do they, you know, when they hire you to be their stylist? The clients that I seem to be attracting our entrepreneurs, real estate agents, and sales teams, where I go in to the company and help them elevate their style, where they want, they're usually like top, yeah, sorry, the top like 1%, the top 1% in Arizona, their sales teams will hire me to go in And I do some image coaching. I help them with their style just to elevate it a little bit so that they can attract the the clientele that they're looking for. Right. So that's interesting. And they do, realtors do do a lot of photography, you know, their, their face is always on their business cards, et cetera. Yeah, I could see that. Um, And have you found there to be a generational difference or not? I love, so my styling consultancy, I work with women 40 and over where they're redesigning their style. Their things have changed in their life and in our bodies. And so it's like figuring out, okay, what is the best thing? A lot of the women, they just want to give up. They think, oh, I'm, it's too late for me. I can't look cute anymore because I put on some extra weight. We are just so mm-hmm. hard on ourselves. And so they want to feel beautiful again and have the confidence back so that they can show up in their life powerful. Wow, that's great. And, and you know, for any women out there, any woman who's trying to either be an entrepreneur or, you know, be successful, especially at that age, I think you're right. There's a lot of, it's just, you're right. It's a lot of, um, you know, self-talk that isn't good and just that lack of confidence. And it's so true that if you, if you look the part, you feel more confident. I mean, don't you feel that that's true? 100%. There's actually science backed up 
that when our parents, our mom said, you need to dress for success, it's been scientifically proven that what we wear changes the way that our brain thinks. I so believe that. Wow. In fact, it's funny. I just recently did a, um, may have been, I think it was like a happy hour live that I do, but it was all on, even if remote work, that this notion of like just getting up and not running a brush through your hair and staying in your PJs, that that is not necessarily a great strategy because it does, it's sort of like how you dress affects your personality that day, you know, or how you, um, if you're looking sloppy, typically the work is sloppy. It affects your mood. So a lot of times women will go in their closet and they'll say, what should I wear today? Or what do I feel like wearing? Mm-hmm. Like, what do I feel mm-hmm. like wearing? And I ask my clients to ask themselves, how do you want to feel and dress for that? Be really That's intentional right. about the clothes that you're wearing. I was in my 40, I'm 49 now. I started my image consultancy five years ago and I was right there with you. It was like, okay, I had children. They're now finally old enough. I have this passion and desire to help women with their style and to get out of the slump. Because when I started being intentional again about what I was wearing, I felt more alive. I was kind of in this mm-hmm. haze a little bit. And yes, when I yes. started, I'm like, I love clothes. Like, I love fashion. I'm going to be intentional. I know that there is a phase sometimes where you're worried about like just getting a shower getting a shower Mm -hmm. when you have little kids. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, I was past that. And it was time for me to be intentional and do something for me. Right. That makes sense. Um, Yeah, I think it's it has a lot. It it has a lot to do with our confidence, um, how how much fun and, and liveliness we feel in our day when we feel good about ourselves. But I do think it also has, it portrays so much about yourself. You know, it is that like unspoken thing that you walk into a room and everybody's going to look you up and down. That's just, that's just human nature. 100%. Uh, what do you, now, what do you find to be, I'm curious about this, is there a certain look or outfit that you think is best for let's say for, you know, first meeting a client, let's say. So for realtors or whatever, do you, do you recommend one or the other? Do you recommend a dress? Do you, is there anything that's specific? I don't, I really customize my styling for each individual client. What is their, what is their business? Who is their clientele? How do they Mm -hmm. want to tell the world who they are? But I do have a process that I like them to do. I do want them to wear their best colors. The colors that Mm -hmm. they wear need to be complementing, highlighting who they are, their natural beauty. So the colors that we wear could either age us. They'll show our wrinkles more. They will, like, make us look dull. But when we're wearing the right colors, our skin looks clearer, more evenly toned. Our eyes look brighter. Mm -hmm. It's just so important. So I always tell them to wear their their best colors, um, knowing what those are, and then fi- finding out what their power suit is. What is that? Is that a suit? Are you wearing a jacket? Are you wearing a, is your suit a dress? Is it maybe workout clothes if you're a, a fitness coach? What is right. it? That's yeah. really it's, interesting. Yeah. Um, 
So which is the color that makes people have look like they have a lot of wrinkles? Because we need to know that. <laughs> Stay far well, from that. Is it different for wrong... each person? <laughs> no, there is like yeah. a color. It's like a color analysis. So having, yes. your, knowing your co- colors. So I do color analysis on my clients before I style them. Like that's the first thing that I do. Okay. And so there's six different color codes and just wearing those colors. But you could tell. So I'll teach you how you could oh, good. figure Perfect. out which Our ones those are. would love that. Go ahead. Yeah. So when, usually we know at least a couple colors. We have a favorite color that we like to wear. So put that on. Go look mm-hmm. in the mirror, no makeup. And you want to make sure you have some good lighting, not a bunch of artificial lighting. So if you need to go up into a window and get indirect sunlight on your face, take a picture, get a really good look. Like, how do you look? What do the okay. circles under your eyes look like? Do you have, like, where, where are your wrinkles? Like, how do you look? And then just use mm. that as your guide. Like, this is what you are achieving. This is what you're trying to accomplish. Then go try on another color. Do the same thing. Take a picture of it and look at your eyes. Look at your skin. And there's this layout app on your phone that you could actually compare them face to face. But you oh, could really okay. And just look at them. Does that color look as good? And if the answer is no, it's probably not your color. If it looks oh. just as good, it's one of your colors. Oh, that is a great technique. I've never done that. I'm going to do that for sure. (laughs) That's a great idea. Because we do think we know some colors. You're right. But it's like, it's a small, you know, small sampling. And we don't really know what the others are. Yeah, that's a great idea. I like that. Um, So tell me the, what challenges have you run across by doing in in this business? As an entrepreneur? Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. Being, having your own business is seriously Mm -hmm. the biggest self-development program you could ever put yourself through. It is the hardest thing, (laughs) the hardest thing. And it doesn't stop being hard, right? Like you just get to the next level and then you still have the same things that come back up, but just at a different level, right? Like when you look back, you're like, wow, I've come so far, but it doesn't feel like that in the day to day. Mm-hmm. No, it's so true. You're right. It, you need to get some perspective and look back like at the end of a year and look at it. But you're right. The day-to-day, the struggles. I mean, I've been in business for myself for over 35 years. And yeah, it's still, there's still some of the same struggles in it, you know, to, uh, and part of it is it's cyclical or it's, you know, the economy, et cetera, but it is. You, and, and the only motivation comes from yourself when you are an entrepreneur, it just comes from you. It's not like, you know, uh, you can rely on someone else getting you excited about your work. Yeah. Or I do something and totally mess up. And then it's like, <laughs> I just want to throw my hands up. And I was telling my business coach that the other day, and she's like, girl, I wanted to do that three times last year. And you think she's so successful. Like you would never imagine that people even who are in the million dollar ranges, like, because I don't make a million dollars doing what I'm doing. Like, Right. Me me neither. Just so we know. (laughs) Just so we're all clear. (laughs) Like still feel that way. Like this is normal. Like you got to get used to doing things, even if it doesn't feel great sometimes. but Right, right. And I do think, um, I think probably if I had to look at what my, what I've learned the most or what has helped me the most, I would say it's that 
especially being an entrepreneur, you have to figure out when to pivot, right? Or to make a, a change or a shift in what you're doing. Because we can be in our own little cocoon or our own little bubble and think it's all the same. But then sometimes we got to check in with, you know, what is the economy doing? How have people's ideas changed? And should I pivot slightly? Um, that makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you manage your time? So you have kids, right? I do. And I homeschool. Oh my goodness, you do. Wow. I'm like in awe of people who homeschool. I mean, I'm in complete awe because not only would I just not even know where to fit that in in time, you know, in terms of time, but I might want to like clobber my kids if I had to be the one to teach them. Mine are all grown up now. It's like they're, you know, one is turning 30 in uh, in, a two month, in a month and then one is 32. But Oh God, back then school was like the way I could start my business, you know, because they were there most of the day. How do you do that? So I ha- I do have to be very intentional with my time. My baby is 16 and then mm-hmm. I have one more at home who's 17. So I have two still at home. Okay. I have a 22 and 20 year old who are graduated and doing their own school things. Um, yeah. But... Um, how I keep track of my time is I have to, I call it my CEO schedule, where I literally have to put everything that I need to do onto a calendar. I don't mm-hmm. have a to-do list. I just put it in my calendar and schedule everything that needs to happen, even like date nights, um, anything that is like free time, it's all goes mm-hmm. on to a calendar. I love Google. Google Calendar is my best friend. And I have I'm, you know, I'm 49, so I still like my paper calendar as well. So I use both. I'm the same. I'm the same. I have to have my paper calendar. And for me, it could just be a draw, you know, just architecture. When I learned it, it was all by hand drawing, and I have to see everything like that. But um, that's interesting. I definitely put everything in the calendar, but I'm I'm a huge to-do person list. Oh, my God. My list is like, it's my friend, but I also hate it at times. Yeah, and I, I love the crossing them off the list is like pure joy. <laughs> <laughs> you like the it list is. taking. I love but the list. <laughs> yeah. It if I have a list, it stresses me out. Like I think, oh, all that, mm-hmm. when am I gonna do that? So when I put it on my calendar, I, I know I'm gonna do that at that time, that day. And so it's going to get done. I don't have to worry about it. Right. That's a good strategy. I like that. Yeah. Especially for those of you women out there who, um, yeah, who do get stressed out with that big to-do list. Uh, that's a great idea because then you just think, okay, well, everything's got its time and place. So there's no need to be concerned about it. Yeah, that's great. And then how do you handle, so when you meet with clients, do you meet with them at their home, at yours, in the offices of these realtors? How do you usually do that? I usually do it virtually. Mm-hmm. Even if it's local, a lot I have a lot of clients in the UK. I, for some reason, the UK clients are attracted to me. Really? How funny. Yeah, okay. I know. Yeah. A lot of people mm-hmm. from like London, London area. Hmm. So um, I do virtual and I even meet virtually with some of my clients who are here. But I will go into the sales team's locations and work with them. And I've gone into closet audits here in Phoenix and taken clients shopping and things like that. So I do mm-hmm. those things. Most of it, though, is virtual. Right. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, I think everything kind of went virtual, too, since COVID. So much has that, you know, yeah, 
um, I think the the remote work thing is is taking off. So, uh, and I'm not sure it's going to ever go away. So um, that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. the things that I do virtually are just slightly different than I do in person. A lot of the things when I'm in person, I'm consulting them, I'm telling them what to do, what looks good, and I still do that virtually. But it's more coaching, like this is why. And they learn why things look good so that they're, when they're out shopping, they have now the expert, the knowledge. Okay. Yes. And they learn how to trust themselves because that is also part of the, like a lot of women will pick an outfit and they're like, I don't know if it looks good because they don't trust their their knowledge and their competence. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's what we're I've doing. I've had friends do that. And then they take a picture and send it to me. Like, I need to be available right then because like, what do you think as I'm in my closet is what they're saying. And uh, yeah, a lot of people do that. That's true. Mm-hmm, but I think mm-hmm. sometimes too, just taking a picture and looking at it is often better than seeing yourself in the mirror. And I'm not sure why, but sometimes if you just look at a picture, you can see, I'm not sure what the reason is, but you can see the whole outfit then and you can, I think, have a better um, assessment of it. Yeah. Well, it's like journaling or putting your thoughts that are in your head on paper. Like if you could see it, Mm -hmm. you just have, it kind of detaches you a little bit from the emotional part. Right. Right. So you don't feel so critical of yourself. You're just evaluating the outfit in the photo. Um, I think that makes sense. Tell me a little bit about, um, uh, four style phases for, iconic personal style. Yeah. So there's like four phases that I've noticed when I'm working with my clients to get them from, Mm -hmm. I don't know what looks good on me to their iconic personal style where they are ready for a photo shoot. They can take photos, post on social media, on their, on their websites and just know that they're ready to go. They got everything in place. But what happens is when women you know, they don't know their best colors or they don't know the best silhouettes on themselves, but yet they're over trying to put an outfit together. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they wonder Mm -hmm. why they just want to pull their hair out and they feel like it's not for them. They're just not cute enough or whatever. They got to lose weight first or they got to do this first or whatever before they're going to be able to feel beautiful on their own skin. And reality is if you just go through these four phases and you're just making a series of decisions, really, I call it designing your style. I don't say you're finding your style. You're designing it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. As a designer, you could architect. You yes, could probably... I fully get that. So tell me the four. Yeah. So you start out with, is the first one the colors or what, what are the four? Yeah. So foundations is the first one mm-hmm. where you're learning the colors, your silhouettes, and your hair and makeup. Those are basically decided for you based on what look your body type, your coloring, right? Right. right. So it's not really difficult, right? But you got it. You don't know. You just have to learn them. We didn't learn these as my parents doesn't, my mom didn't know this stuff. When our kids were growing up or when our parents are growing up, they were taught and we were taught this too, like wear whatever you want. Anything goes, right? But yeah, although I will say there was one woman, a friend of mine's mom who, uh, and and this one, I'm telling you, she wore purple all the time, but it was because she did have her colors figured. They did. She did that color match thing. And, Mm -hmm. uh, 
I think every possible shade of purple, but you always saw her in purple. Otherwise, nobody had, yeah, nobody really cared or, or nobody really was definitive about their style. You just kind of wore whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're, and that lady has had a signature <laughs> style, like, or a signature color. She did. Like, I have a friend. Yes. I don't even know if she knows it, but she has a signature <laughs> color because she wears this hot pink all the time. And then it ended up Does being her she? branding okay. colors. Of course they yep. were because she wears pink all the time. She was like Miss Miss um, South Carolina. Of course, her dress. Okay. It, like every like she has a signature color. Um, okay. So you got to have the foundations that you're building on. If you're trying to build a wardrobe and you don't have the right colors and the clothes don't fit you right, it's just going to crumble just like a home mm-hmm. when you're building a home. Mm-hmm. You got to have a strong foundation. So that's number one. Then essentials. That's when you start playing with color. Like so many women have, they can put an outfit together, but it's like they're bored with their clothes. Like they're like, I just mm. wear this, these things all the time, like a t-shirt and then jeans and their tennis shoes. Like they just have their, they're in the style rut. They're probably yeah. in the second phase where they know, they kind of have their jewelry, they know what colors look good on them, they but they're just kind of bored. They wear the same thing all the time. Mm-hmm. They might wear like a a print shirt and then a pair of jeans and then like a basic shoe. Okay, right. right. Mm-hmm. So yep. they they know how to put all this together. They're just kind of bored with it. So when you're in phase three, this is high level styling where you are learning color theory. You know how to put complementary colors together, put an outfit together that's not matchy matchy, but you're like, oh my gosh, she looks so stylish. This is where most people don't go. Everybody usually doesn't go past phase two. Phase three Uh is where it like just, just doing a little bit extra is going to put Mm -hmm. you on. People are gonna be like, oh my gosh, she has great style. Just by adding yes. like a complimentary color or just by adding like maybe wearing two prints, you know, like. Okay. Yeah. Just a so little bit. So kind of bit. taking a little chance, taking a little bit of a risk or just a little bit out of the normal kind of box. Anything other than wearing a pair of pants with a shirt and a matching shoes <laughs> on yeah. it. Like, right? Am I Oh, like, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You're going it, to. It's like uh, this level of style that most yeah. people aren't even thinking about. And it just is not hard. It's just like learning color theory, learning how to put some prints together and creating some outfits that are like polished, right? And right. then the fourth style or the fourth one, which is like your iconic personal style, you are, you know your, so this is for entrepreneurs. So they know the image that they want to project. They know their personal style that they want to be known for, their signature style, their signature color, right? I see. So yes, when you yes. when they see an outfit, they'd be like, oh yeah, that's something Karen would wear. Like right, right. It's so yep. clear what your style is and what image you want to project. And also I have in their unstoppable confidence. She's the woman that walks into the room and she can command attention. She's confident. She's not overbearing, but she's a style icon. Like style icons can be wearing jeans and a t-shirt though, like Jennifer Aniston. But there's something about them when they walk in a room, Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. have that confidence of who they are. They don't care what other people think. They love on their people, right? Like they have this air of confidence with them. 
and you you need to have that in in phase four. Wow, that's okay. I love that. I love that. And uh, what what do you think people really need to go from two to three and four? Is it is it they well they probably need you, but they also need <laughs> more confidence in what they're doing, um, and probably just more certainty about how they want to be portrayed or, you know, how they want to yes. present themselves, right? So it's getting really clear on their style icon statement, knowing mm-hmm. how they want to be looked at and then matching your clothes with that. So I have a with life that. coaching certification as well. Mm-hmm. So when women come to me about their body or about anything about their thoughts, right? Like how they're thinking about themselves is affecting every decision we make. Like if you don't think you're going to get that client, you're not going to go asking them if they want to work with you. Yeah. Right. Uh, Absolutely. You know, you're so right. And you're right. Those kind of things that, you know, how we feel about ourselves impacts everything. You're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. Our friend, our friends, our spouse, like everything that we do. Yeah. So true. Yep. Um, that No, that's really interesting. And then do you, when you meet with a client, for example, do you find that they are timid about it? Are they excited about it? Do they, I mean, because it's got to be a little hard, I would think. I'm horrible about saying something critical to somebody else. I'm, I'm not good. That's not a strength of mine. Like I will avoid that if I can. <laughs> That's my first go-to okay. is avoid. Uh, if not, I've got to like sugarcoat it because I just don't want to, I, I hate the, and I'm part of it is because I'm very, I have that empath kind of vibe where I feel everything somebody else is feeling. And so I just hate to hurt their feelings. How do you do that? What is the tactful or gentle way? Or or do you just go right into it <laughs> to tell them that their style sucks? <laughs> is what I'm wondering. <laughs> I don't ever tell them that. I never but tell them I that. Think that's because that's <laughs> and my opinion of whether or not what I think of their style is actually not relevant. Mm-hmm. I'm just taking my knowledge and yes. okay. filtering through what they want, what makes them feel good, and putting it together where it looks beautiful. Like, I've never had to tell right. them that their style sucks. Like, that's never happened. <laughs> Thank God. Okay, good. Good, good. But we start at the <laughs> beginning. Yeah, we, we start at the beginning, the colors, the silhouettes, and then they get to decide, like, okay, how do they want people to see them? They do their style icon statement. They pick some words. Um, Mm -hmm. We do the same thing like when before they post, when they're trying to build a personal brand, if they have, you know, like a real estate agent. Right. Mm -hmm. What, how do they want to be perceived? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. like one of my clients here locally, she's a luxury real estate agent. How do you want to be perceived and how do you want to use that? What's your, we create a mood board. And so, you know, just oh, wow. you're familiar with that. Like what oh, is yeah, the mood? Yeah. Right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I do the, all the same thing. And so I had an interior design company here actually in Scottsdale hire me to come in. I'm like, ladies, when you see the connections, this is going to come so fast yeah. for you. So fast. Oh, that they so never thought it, of it being similar. Mm-hmm. How funny. Cause yeah, because I absolutely do see the, the the similarity. Did they want you to come in and kind of upscale their look? Is that what 
yeah. the, the whole company. It was one of mm-hmm. those. Okay. Oh, that's mm-hmm. interesting. I like that. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I love that. So what advice would you give to, you know, women probably in midlife, because that's what you're kind of focusing on, what advice would you give to them? And, and how often should they be? So I've got two questions, I guess. Let's start with this one. How often should someone refresh their basics or their whole look? What is your thought on that? And then what advice would you give women these days uh, for how to be, how to get to that place, get to three and four, you know, the, the, those levels of style? So what I would do is I always recommend, now this gets a little harder since COVID, but going into Nordstrom's and those places, have them do your makeup. Like, is there something that they do that you want to make one little change to your makeup just to stay up to date Mm, and not mm -hmm. like, like we like to have the same haircut for 20 years. We like to stay, like keep the makeup safe, but we need to like just update those. Like when you go get your hair done, ask your hairdresser, do you have any recommendations? What's trending right now? Is there something I should do differently with my hair mm-hmm. so that it could stay up to date? Because we don't want, that's like. That's really good advice. We, we want to stay up to date on all that. As yeah. far as our wardrobe goes, I feel like what happens with women is that like, they'll, I'll get the question, am I too old to wear such oh, that's such. a great one. Yes. Okay. What do you say? To, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, you might not be too old, but you may have outgrown it. Just like a five-year-old huh. outgrows a dress. They might still love it, but they, they can't wear it anymore. We could do that as people, as we grow. That might not be something that you want to wear anymore, but you get to decide mm-hmm. whether or not. So there's no hard and fast rule like. Absolutely. You know. Okay. Okay. Good to know. And then what do you think is the advice, the top piece of advice you would give women who might be sitting at home or, or, you know, in their car listening to this about what's the one thing they could like, of course, we're going to get to how they can reach out to you, but what's the one thing they could do that would give them like just an instant, you know, an instant like rejuvenation of their style? Well, first of all, I would want them to know that if they don't feel beautiful, they absolutely can. And in a world where there's so much judgment on our appearance, the one that needs to love how you look is ourselves. Nobody else has to. Right. That's great. Mm -hmm. But we really need to love our, our bodies and ourselves and, um, and if you're in a place where you're not there yet, I want you to know that you can. It's possible. You've not, you're not too old. You're not too right. anything. You're not overweight. You're not too late. None of those things. It's still possible for you to That's look great. cute. And just That's go really, into your really closet good. and start having fun again. Go play in your closet. You don't have to. Some people are like, I, when I, I have to buy all new clothes before. No, go in your closet, put and have some fun, play around, put it, create a new outfit. That's my favorite thing to do. I for love people. that. Oh, that's great. And I also think that, you know, my mom used to, it's funny. My mom used to always say like, you can't just dress your best 
for going out in the world because then like your spouse or your significant other gets the nothing, like they get the shambles of you, but the rest of the world gets you so put together. So I'm a firm believer that, you know, how you present yourself to the world, of course, it's different and it's more comfortable at home, but that you should still take pride in that. Um, It still makes you feel better and sexier or more confident, even in your, you know, love life. Yep. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been so great. So now tell me how is the, what is the best way and how can listeners reach out to you? If they're sitting there thinking, oh my God, she totally described me. I need help. (laughs) What do they do? They can go listen to my podcast, the Midlife Style School. Yeah. They can Midlife Style School. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that is on, is on any, like on Apple or Spotify or where do they get that? Everywhere. Perfect. Okay, fantastic. And they can reach out to you there or what are on Instagram? Where should they reach out to you? Yeah, it's af- it's at Afton Porter. Perfect. Okay, wonderful. Well, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on here. Oh, thanks again for having me. It's been so much fun chatting with you and meeting back up with you since... I know. It's been great. The fashion yes. show. Yes. Right. And I'd love to connect on that again. I love that fashion show. It was a lot of fun to see the new artists kind of, yeah, coming into their own. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Loved it. You're welcome. Bye-bye. 